0: where a new savings account earns an interest rate five times the national average. That's right, five times. As represented by five times more singers. This is Banking Reimagined. Capital One, what's in your wallet? Terms apply. Rate comparison based on FDIC national rate. Capital One N.A. Member FDIC. Did you know a fire department responds to a fire every 23 seconds? This Fire Prevention Month First Alert is reminding you to be prepared by installing smoke and carbon monoxide alarms on every level and in each bedroom of your home. Don't forget to add First Alert fire extinguishers on every level, plus in common spaces like the kitchen and know how to use them. Protect your whole home with safety you can trust by visiting firstalert.com and Lowe's stores today. Nobody protects you from mayhem like Allstate on that heavy shelf you hung yesterday. Turns out, you didn't use enough anchors. Wait, you didn't use any anchors? (laughs) Now you've got an open floor plan. Trendy. And if you have the wrong home insurance, you could need a wall of money to fix this. So get home insurance with Allstate and be better protected from mayhem, like me based on coverage and limits selected subject to terms conditions and availability Allstate vehicle and property insurance company and affiliates northbrook illinois
1: the angie's list you know and trust is now angie and we're so much more than just a list we still connect you with top local pros and show you ratings and reviews but now we also let you compare upfront prices on hundreds of projects and book a service instantly we can even handle the rest of your project from start to finish so remember angie's list is now angie and we're here to get your job done right get started at angie.com that's a-n-g-i or download the app today hi this is espn's mike greenberg and espn bet is now live the official sportsbook of espn
2: features daily exclusives and offers with your favorite espn shows and personalities like me new users get a hundred dollars in bonus bets after making any sportsbook bet download the espn bet app to sign up today i'll see you there espn bet
0: what a play Must be 21 plus gambling problem. Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with Hollywood Casino at Kansas Speedway. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details.
3: Welcome back is 101 here on a Tuesday. And every Tuesday we talk to Jordan Foote, our good friend and all things Kansas City Sports Authority, deputy editor at Arrowhead Report, co-host One Royal Way. And for the second time in the last couple of weeks, three weeks, we have equal parts Royals and Chiefs to talk about. Chiefs are in the Super Bowl and the Royals, Jordan, about 25 hours ago, dropped a bombshell on all of us, the good kind. Uh, it was a long extension given to Bobby Witt Jr. If he rides it out, he'll play in Kansas City till he's 37 and he'll be rich beyond his wildest dreams. Uh, Were you surprised, first of all, that it happened before spring training or even before the regular season? And was it bigger and longer than you thought it would be?
2: Yeah, no, I am a little bit surprised. I thought that they'd make an effort to get it done right now. I just didn't think that uh, they necessarily would. And I had heard little bits and pieces that they really were making a push. And obviously with the stadium stuff, this was kind of a a critical thing for them to – Uh, win a couple people over and make sure they have this guy in place long term but this was a bigger contract than i thought they were going to offer and and i really the opt-out years changed the verbiage of it a little bit and essentially it's the 11 for 288.8 i expected more like the eight years and then you would assume um, that they don't reach those three at the end stuff like that so the structure itself a little bit different than what I anticipated, but I think it makes a lot of sense for him. They're buying out those arbitration years, obviously, and then um, a few of those free agency years. They're going to have him at the minimum, and it has the no trade clause included, until through his age 30 season, which is a really big deal, and then essentially every year for the next four, he's going to have roughly a $35, $36 million um, player option, which... Even in 2031, Shane, that is still going to be a uh, pretty hefty chunk of money.
3: I was just getting ready to ask, and maybe you answered it, but uh, forgive me. The life of the contract, is that a bargain or not?
2: So I read an article. Fangraphs actually put out a really good one. At first, you you see the the sticker shock, and you're like, oh, my gosh, this is a a bleep ton of money to give (laughs) anyone, let alone a player that – really only broke out for like half of last season, maybe a little bit more. Um, The biggest pessimists in the world could say that it's a little bit premature, but I think given the prospect pedigree, given what he's shown so far up to this point, given the magnitude of his improvement last year and how young he is, that this just makes sense. So Fangraph's article, they included their projections pre-last season, and said he was worth 11 for 282, so pretty much smack dab right on the contract. Now with these projections, they think he's going to be worth 43 wins over um, those years pre-option um, at the end, $8 million per win, let's say. I know the going rate goes up or down a little bit depending on the year. That would make him worth $342 million, and that's without considering... Is this defensive improvement 100% real? They're kind of conservative by a bit. So Bobby Witt Jr., I think he can easily be worth this deal. I would frankly be shocked if he wasn't. And really, I think the Royals could end up uh, getting some surplus value back on this contract.
3: I know I'm getting old, but I'm not going to go so far as to say I don't understand why because I do, but doesn't it seem, Jordan, like every long-term extension to the next big thing, the next up-and-comer, includes a bunch of opt-outs? Is that the key to long-term contracts nowadays?
2: Yeah, I think so, and I don't know what the dollar trade-off is. If if there's a sliding scale that maybe a player would say, well, I'd concede X amount if I get an opt-out after X amount of time, but still... You're seeing a lot of them, man, and it is a thing that's happening in sports, and uh, club options are becoming a thing of almost the past, where the player is becoming more empowered and, you know, more power to him, and that's great for the player. But four opt-out years in a row, yeah. uh, the roles yeah. are giving Bobby Witt Jr. a ton of leverage there, and I would be minorly surprised if they reached the point where in 2031 Bobby Witt Jr. was like, you know what? this franchise isn't going anywhere, I want to get out of here. I don't think it would be quite that um, negative of a situation. But it's also hard to tell, because if he loses for, let's say, six, seven more years, that's going to make it tough for anyone, let alone him of his caliber, um, to want to stick around. So I I don't know what the trade-off is in terms of length or in terms of the amount of money you're getting every year on an average basis, but it really does seem like the opt-outs becoming more and more common in the, the modern era of sports.
3: Jordan Foote joining us, deputy editor at Arrowhead Report, co-host One Royal Way at Foot Noted on Twitter or X. He's our Kansas City sports insider and expert. We have him on every Tuesday and I'm glad to do it. Uh, the stadium issue as it stands right now, where does it stand right now? And does this announcement give it a shot in the arm?
2: Um, I think so. And really, I personally always kind of thought that it was going to end up happening regardless. But I think this swayed a few people that were um, on edge a little bit. It helps secure that long-term support. And there have been a couple tweets even earlier today that um, they think a deal is getting really close or is done, and it's going to happen. Now, obviously, you can see stuff on Twitter, and it can't. It doesn't always have to turn out to be true, but I think it's more of a formality at this point, especially now that we're seeming to be past the, I'm going to veto this, and then I need to uh, campaign for some people to counteract that. It's going to look different than what everyone thought when it started. <laughs> there were these grand promises of the ballpark district and this, that, and the other, and it's going to happen by this deadline, so it is going to look different. Um, I do still think it's going to happen, and there were the two sites that got leaked, and then the North Kansas City one was more appealing, but then on paper it didn't look as good. So still some hoops to jump through, still some official deadlines that have to be met, but I would lean it's going to happen anyway, and then definitely with uh, Bobby Witt Jr. locked in long term, I think now it makes it even more likely.
3: Are there any gaping holes in the the roster for the Royals as we get – closer and closer to spring training?
2: Um, I think you could still poke holes in the back end of the rotation a little bit, but also it's kind of the thing that people were talking about last year in that they have a bunch of guys that can fit that fifth role in the rotation. So it's not like they don't have players um, to do it. It's that you don't know if you necessarily should be counting on them. But with that said, I think really you could say – the corner outfield just has a bunch of questionable guys for different reasons. Is Hunter Renfro going to bounce back? as MJ Melendez the second half of last season legitimate? What does Nelson Velazquez bring to the table? You could say center field, but man, that infield: Salvador Perez, Michael Garcia, Bobby Witt Jr., Vinny Pasquantino. Second base might be the ultimate answer because Adam Frazier doesn't seem like a huge difference maker, and I believe we talked about him. Um, a week ago but Mike Massey very unlucky last season does seem to have a little bit of decent pop in his bat decent athlete good defender but still second base could be um, that or center field the weakest link on this team I think
3: let's be honest Jordan does anybody really need a five starter nowadays If you're a little weak on the back end of your rotation, you're pretty much like almost everybody else, aren't you? Yeah,
2: it's you're hard pressed to find teams that are just five deep that you start and end the season with that same five. Now the Royals, I think, can aggregate um, roughly number five value, and it's not like last season they had a fantastic number five anyway. So I don't think it's going to be that big of a deal. I'm just trying to poke holes in a roster, and man, it really does seem improved over uh, what we saw to close out the season.
3: All right, so uh, Super Bowl talk now, because, you know, the Chiefs are in the Super Bowl. Uh, It wasn't that long ago that you were wandering Radio Row yourself. Uh, Mm -hmm. Do you wish you were in Las Vegas in any capacity this week?
2: Uh, Yes and no. Um, I've never been to Vegas. I didn't do the 21st birthday trip. Um, I believe that was actually during COVID, so that would have been a bad idea. But never got out there post-COVID to go visit Vegas, and that would be fun to have a little bit of a nightlife. But, man, it's fun to connect with a bunch of people, but really once you're down there, you feel like you're doing a billion things, but simultaneously there's so much going on that um, you're kind of just sitting at your table hanging out. So it it is fun. It was a fantastic experience and really fun to just be starstruck by so many people, like the Pat McAfee show was out there, all that good stuff. Yeah, yeah. Um, but definitely being back in Kansas City, I'm, I'm not uh, feeling as much, I guess, busy as it is focusing in on pressers and quotes and all that good stuff. So I think the analysis of the week and of the game is a little bit better as opposed to having a billion things thrown at you at once down in Las Vegas. So uh,
3: to put a bow on that, I suppose, uh, to encapsulate what you're saying, is, it's not like we're splitting the atom. But for those that uh, think that it's all fun and games on Radio Row, you're sorely mistaken, correct?
2: It's Man, everything I got told it was going to be before I went down there, it was that and then turned up to 11. Like, it is <laughs> tough. There's so much stuff going on. It's a long day. Um, every day you're down there, there's so much going on. There's not as much space as you think there is. So it, it definitely, while awesome, is also a, a challenge in and of itself.
3: So the Jarek McKinnon news, uh, give us the very latest. and that Did that surprise you or did this timeline uh, time up with you like you thought it would? And uh, Is he going to be a, a factor on Super Bowl Sunday?
2: Yeah, so it's going to be interesting. And I'm kind of – he's not practicing. So Andy Reid just said literally while we were on here um, that it's going to be a slim chance for him to get out there. So okay. that's different than Ian Rappaport, I believe, yesterday – Reporting that he had a very real chance and you could argue semantics of slim versus very real and all that good stuff But he's just over a month removed from that core muscle surgery and also had a fracture in his pelvis so I just naturally found it extremely hard to believe that Anyone let alone a, a 31 year old running back with his injury history and his mileage that plays his position would be able to do it. So I would almost lean that Jarek McKinnon doesn't play in the Super Bowl, probably the same with Joe Tooney, but they're also two tough son of a gun, so I don't want to Mm. rule them out myself. What did you
3: make of the – we may play it here a little while and we may not, but uh, Kadarius Tony was interviewed last night. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) I'll let you take take it the rest of the way. What did you hear? Uh, How much was true? How much was fiction and – should we believe anything that that guy says?
2: I I hate to call anyone a liar because that's just such a strong accusation, but I don't know how you can alter a live video uh, unless you were playing something that was pre-altered while you were on live, and then you get into who altered it, what happened, why did that happen, why did you go live in the first place, like did someone else have access to your account? He. It's hard to give him the benefit of the doubt also, Shane, because he's done – similar type things before where he accused the team of uh, manufacturing or exaggerating the injury designations. He's gone after the fan base. He's uh, overran his welcome um, with one team already. So that part, I don't really get the number one receiver when I get the ball, the quote read a lot worse than, I think his body language and, and kind of the way he was joking, I don't think he intended it to say, well, you know, if the Chiefs would ever throw me a bone, I'd be their number one receiver. Uh, I would think he's not quite um, in that headspace, space. But <laughs> right. I, I don't know. Canary he he just, every time I want to give him the benefit of the doubt or say, you know, maybe they should give him another chance on the field or maybe he was healthy the whole time, then stuff like that happens. So uh, I don't know. Andy Reid said we'll see about getting him on the field in the Super Bowl, which in Andy Reid speak is uh, not always the most endearing kind of kind of setup.
3: Okay. So uh, you reading the tea leaves 50-50 at best that he's out
2: there? Yeah, I think definitely at best would be a, a coin toss.
3: Okay. Let's shift gears just a little bit to the 49ers. Because a guy, and of course, Super Bowl, the week leading up, the weeks leading up to the Super Bowl, you're going to nitpick and you're going to make up stories and create side stories just to have something to talk about. But one that you don't really have to dig very deep to find a guy that's a real lightning rod is Brock Purdy. Mm -hmm. Uh, Of course, Mr. Irrelevant, uh, his detractors will say he's got superstars all around him all he has to do is take the snap and not drop it and uh, i could do that things like that where do you come out on brock purdy what kind of quarterback is he
2: i really liked brock purdy i obviously the story i like more than the players just because it's an awesome story being mr irrelevant being the guy that um, was never the most athletic not the biggest guy and coming up and really making a, a profound impact in the playoffs two years in a row coming back from the UCL injury, basically reconstructing your elbow, the, the Tom Brady rumblings, the situation with Trey Lance, Jimmy Garoppolo. The story itself is awesome. And really, there's three camps, as there almost always are. There's the camp that thinks Brock Purdy an elite quarterback. I wouldn't go too far as to say that. There's the camp that thanks Brock Purdy, like you said, could do anything that you, I, or anyone else, Jack, could go out there and be Brock Purdy, and then there's also the middle ground of this guy produced at a high level. I think he was assisted by his environment and his surroundings because we've seen Jimmy Garoppolo do similar things, but Brock Purdy did it better. Brock Purdy was probably a little bit more consistent. Brock Purdy has boxy. Brock Purdy is a more fun player to watch. He's a more dynamic quarterback. So if Jimmy G was, let's say, the 16th best starting quarterback in the NFL and everyone kind of used that mid designation for him and said he was a middling quarterback Brock Purdy turned up to or Jimmy Garoppolo turned up to 11 Brock Purdy's probably a fringe top let's say 10 to 12 quarterback and that's good and we always say Alex Smith in a perfect environment could have got to the Super Bowl Kirk Cousins in a perfect environment could have got to the Super Bowl Brock Purdy near-perfect environment, he's in the Super Bowl, and I think while he can lose games for them, he can also go out there and make some stuff happen.
3: Will he be justified, and although he never would, if he is the reason that they win over the Chiefs' defense as it's constructed now, would he be justified in flipping the double bird to everybody that thinks he's just a system quarterback? Like, would that elevate him if he is a big reason why they beat the Chiefs?
2: I think he would be justified in doing it. I also, just judging by what I've seen from his character, I think he'd still kind of remain humble. But the flip side of that is I'm not sure he's going to get the credit for it. Like, you're going to have the national talking heads that have already been on Brock Purdy. But I think, really, a good Brock Purdy game doesn't change too many minds about him. A bad Brock Purdy game, you're going to hear a lot of stuff because everyone's going to want to prove themselves right.
3: No doubt about that. Jordan Foot, our guest at Foote Noted, he joins us every Tuesday to talk about Kansas City sports chiefs in the Super Bowl, taking on the 49ers coming up on Sunday. All right, not uh, to necessarily give us the entire game script or how you see this one going, but what what's your feel right now on a Tuesday uh, ahead of the Super Bowl?
2: Yeah, so I think the Chiefs' offense, ironically, and this isn't me saying that, uh, San Fran doesn't have elite talent because they do. They have Bosa. They have Young. They have Fred Warner. Charvarius Ward is awesome. But I think their defense matches up pretty well um, from the Chiefs' perspective. They're a bad run defense. When they're in nickel, they're just a terrible run defense. They don't blitz very much. They don't change their coverages very often. They get targeted 40% of the time in the pass game, short left or short right. They're 17th in EPA per play short left. They're 25th in EPA per play short right. They're fringe top or fringe bottom 20 um, behind the line of scrimmage on both sides. Like the stuff the Chiefs want to do, spread the field out, attack short, get Rasheed Rice the ball, let him get yards after the catch, run the ball, commit to that. It's a boring brand of football, um, but I think at least offensively for the Chiefs, I feel – mostly good about how they match up against this defense.
3: This is normally a fool's errand, but uh, it crossed my mind and I can't get it out. So uh, how many Super Bowl wins will Patrick Mahomes end up with?
2: Uh, Man, let's assume, and I'll I'll spoil my outcome, not the score, I guess, that he wins this one and gets to number three. Um, It's just hard to see him right now going through that Tom Brady gap where there's, let's say, eight years, ten years, however long it was, where he just doesn't win a Super Bowl. Like, I find it hard to believe that that's going to happen because this year's Chiefs team very easily, um, the worst one I think that he's had in terms of the odds going against him. Now, the defense has been fantastic, and that is worth bringing up, but I I find it hard to believe they're not going to surround him with better weapons. The defense should be top 10 still next year even if they do lose someone like Chris Jones I don't feel like that impact is going to be crazy so let's say he ends with five he gets two more after this and somehow there's going to be a crowd of people that's disappointed in that if he plays let's say 12 15 years and then oh man ends up with that but I think still ending with five is going to be absolutely insane still either way
3: I agree. I think uh, Chiefs Kingdom should be plenty happy if he should happen to get five. This is probably a, a discussion for uh, later on in the spring and maybe the summer. But let's say he does get it and gets his third. How does Brett Veach go about retooling or ramping up the the tools and the, the people around him? Which there's a lot of different things in play here. Uh, when it yeah. comes to who you're going to re-sign, who you're going to let walk, and what side of the ball are you going to focus on? Because I don't know that going into an off season, there's ever been as much upheaval when it comes to the receivers that he has to throw to that Brett Veach has to address. How do you see that going?
2: Yeah, no, and really you mentioned both sides of the ball. Chris Jones and LeJarrius is one hell of a kind of decision to make, and there's an outcome where you lose both of them, which really would – put a damper in a, a young chief's defense. I would lean that at least on that side of the ball, Jones is gone and speed is back either on the tag, but more likely a long-term deal. The thing on the offensive side of the ball is they don't really know, or I guess we don't really know um, what they're going to do at left tackle. Do they bring back Donovan Smith for another year? Do they think Wanye Morris is that guy. You've got some money with Joe Tooney that's tied up long-term. So you can't really invest too much there. Do you bring in a tight end to help supplement some of what Travis Kelsey is losing? A guy like Jatavion Sanders from Texas, um, the Kansas state kid would make a lot of people happy. Whiteout wise is easily the biggest kind of assortment of options they have. Like you said, do they bring in a Mike Evans on a big value deal and just put all their eggs in that basket? Do they go with a Curtis Samuel or a Hollywood Brown or do they kind of, trim out three guys and then add a Kendrick Bourne and a Josh Reynolds on a couple of cheaper deals, then go draft, let's say, I don't know, Jalen Polk or Xavier Worthy, someone like that, even further down the list, they've got so many freaking options, which every year, I guess last year, the the Tyree kill off season, people said, okay, this is the the big time rebuilding off season. Then this one, people said, okay, they're adding some pieces. This is actually the one you're set to potentially lose two of your three best defensive players, and you have some big decisions to make it wide out. So I guess the moral of the story is that the rebuild is kind of always going on, and it's more of a renovation around the core of Patrick Mahomes.
3: And then again, you also have Pat uh, Isaiah Pacheco coming back, and a uh, colleague and I were kicking around before the show started, Uh, God forbid, he goes for 1,300 yards on the ground and 11 touchdowns next year, and this offense kind of gets a little bit of a, hey, we don't have to do it like we did in the past.
2: Yeah, no, definitely. And really, it was a down year for defense, and I hate to say that, or sorry for offense. It was a big up year for defensive schemes, and this is kind of an evolution of the game. Like, it's going to swing back in the other favor. Offenses are going to, uh, by and large, become more potent on an average basis, but The Chiefs picked, I think, a really, really good year to have a down offensive campaign, and I think they learned something about themselves that they can win in a bunch of different ways. So long-term, while this was definitely the most challenging one they've had in a while, um, I think this will end up being worth it for them.
3: What's going to happen on Super Bowl Sunday?
2: I'm thinking 27-21, and for whatever reason, I feel relatively optimistic about this game. Now, don't get me wrong – San Fran their zone run scheme is fantastic and the Chiefs are literally like a bottom three team against those situations so if the Chiefs don't come to play in the trenches and then Brock Purdy gets aggressive and hits a couple of those throws and Christian McCaffrey is running rampant they can drain the clock they can kind of run that Buffalo type scheme where they were just running 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 in the end though it's tough because you have to cap off those drives with touchdowns not field goals you have to have a really sound game defensively and hold the Chiefs to, let's say, 21 points. Um, I just don't know if that's going to be viable. So there's definitely an outcome where San Fran's talent ends up winning and Brock Purdy, his aggressiveness doesn't come back to bite him. But I feel like the Chiefs are going to do enough to win and uh, the game's not going to be one of those crazy comebacks that we've seen in recent Super Bowl wins for them.
3: Good stuff, Jordan. Enjoy the Super Bowl. We'll talk about it next Tuesday. Yep, sounds good. All right, Jordan Foote at Arrowhead Report on the Twitter machine. He is our Kansas City sports insider, joins us every Tuesday here on the show. Our Super Bowl talk is presented by Davis Liquor Outlet, neighborhood locations at superstore prices. Find a location at davisliquoroutlet.com. And Pinnacle Homes, building your trust. Visit them online at remodelerswichita.com. Pinnacle Homes. Some 11-year-old kid stole the show for the NFL Network and Media Day on Super Bowl opening night. You won't want to miss what he talked about Patrick Mahomes in his visit that kicked off the media sessions. We'll listen to that next. It's 127.
1: You're listening to The
0: Shane Dennis Show on ESPN Wichita. What do people with blindness or low vision need to live to the fullest? Just ask them. It's skill development, scientific breakthroughs, knowledge-based jobs, and the same opportunities as everyone else. When you give to Envision, whether it be your time, donations, or your engagement, you make it all possible. That's because at Envision, they don't focus on the disability. They value the ability. They choose not to envision a world without sight, but to envision a world where people who are blind or visually impaired are empowered to reach their full potential. Learn more at EnvisionUS.com. Wesley Financial
4: Group is not a law firm. This story is called The Ugly Truth About Timeshare. If you think you've done your family a favor by buying a timeshare, you need my help. Hello, I'm Chuck McDowell, CEO and founder of Wesley Financial Group. Call my office now. If we take you as a client, I guarantee we'll cancel your time share or you'll pay nothing.
0: Call for your free information kit. 800-384-9393. That's
5: 800-384-9393. 800-384-9393.
1: Dirty exterior? Don't scrub it. Wet it and forget it. Wet and forget the easy outdoor cleaner. Wet and forget works over time with Mother Nature. To eliminate unsightly black and green stains on the exterior of your home with no scrubbing, power wash, or bleach. Use Wet and Forget on all your outdoor surfaces, including decks, siding, roofs, and patios. Wet and Forget's available in a concentrate or extreme reach hose end. Purchase Wet and Forget in store or online at Lowe's, Menards, Ace, or Walmart. ZipRecruiter.com slash free.
3: ESPN Bet is now live in Kansas as the official sports book of ESPN, ESPN Bet. The only place you can find daily exclusives and offers with your favorite ESPN personalities and shows, sign up today. New users will get $100 in bonus bets for making any sportsbook bet. Find all your favorites. And bets like in-game wagering, cross-sport parlays, teasers, and all the props you can handle. That's ESPN Bet. Download today. What a play. So, Super Bowl um, media sessions kicked off last night. And you probably saw our stuff. Pat had a couple of interviews. And if you haven't, you will On our social, on our Twitter, Facebook, Instagram. Keep your eyes peeled for stuff all week long. We've got all kinds of content for you, in addition to what Pat has for you from 2 to 4 every day uh, out in Las Vegas. But what you may not have seen last night was a kid named Jeremiah Fennell. He's 11. And he got to interview Patrick Mahomes for the NFL Network uh, to kick off media sessions at Super Bowl opening night. And... I was pretty fascinated by this. Uh, not only the, to- the, uh, the topic or the conversation, but the fact that this kid's 11 and he's talking to Patrick Mahomes and isn't just peeing down his leg. Uh, unbelievably polished. I don't mean to set this up one way or the other, but the audio we're going to hear right now is an 11 year old kid named Jeremiah on behalf of the NFL network interviewing Patrick Mahomes talking about a fantasy football draft between he and Patrick Mahomes that started things off in Vegas last night. Here's how it sounded between 11-year-old Jeremiah and Patrick Mahomes. Hi,
6: Patrick. Hi, Patrick. My name is Jeremiah. I'm a little local journalist, and I am here with the NFL Network. It is an honor and privilege to be speaking with you today. It's great meeting you, Jeremiah. So, you know what's crazy? I had a whole list of questions that I wanted to ask you, but now that I'm up here on the podium, I don't even want to ask them anymore. Because, let's be real. This is your fourth time going to the Super Bowl, which means that this is your fourth opening night event. And if you look around all of these reporters waiting to interview you, I want to have a little bit of fun first before all the chaos begins. So, is that okay? Let's do it, man. So, I want to build a fantasy team but on two conditions. The rules are simple. We both have you as our quarterback since you're one of the greatest quarterbacks of all time. Mm-hmm. And the second rule is that you can't pick anyone that's on the current cheese roster, but you can pick players that are current or all time players in the NFL. Okay. Rules, Sounds good. rules good? Sounds good. Alright, so who's gonna pick first? Me or you? You got first. Alright, uh, let's do running back. I'll pick Barry Sanders. Oh
7: right, Barry Sanders I, you took uh, I'm doing Earl Campbell. Wide receiver number one. Um Randy Moss for me.
6: Dang it. Okay, uh I got Jerry Rice. Okay, okay. Wide receiver number two.
7: Whew, wide receiver number two. Uh let me go with I'll go with Tyreek
6: Hill. Alright, give me Calvin Johnson. Alright, wide receiver number three.
7: Gosh, wide receiver number three, wide receiver number three. Um let me go with Jamar Chase.
6: Okay. Um. This is hard. I didn't. I didn't think he was gonna pick Randy Moss. He took my pick. Um. Give me Devontae Adams.
7: Okay. Nice. Nice pick. Nice pick.
6: Okay. Tight end.
7: I can't pick Travis. Are you sure? I'm sure. <laughs> um. I'll, I'll take uh, Rob Gronkowski.
6: God. Okay. <laughs> um. I'll have Antonio Gates. Okay. Nice pick. Great pick. Okay. So now we're going to move on to defense. Okay. Okay. So safety.
7: Uh, I got uh, Brian Dawkins.
6: Give me Sean Taylor. Okay, great. All right. pick. other seat.
7: Um, let me go. You took you took Sean Taylor. Um, let me go. Ed Reed.
6: Okay, dang, it. that was a good pick. Um, I put Charles Woodson in the back. Okay, nice, nice, nice. Okay, cornerback number one.
7: Deion Sanders, easy.
6: Uh, all right, Champ Bailey.
7: Champ Bailey, great pick. Uh, Darrell Revis, Revis Island.
6: Um, dang it, he took Deion Sanders. I thought, ah, my God. He keeps, why do you keep taking my picks? Um, <laughs> you know what, give me Rod Woodson. Uh, I've talked to a bunch of wide receivers, and they always say that they hate a garden going up against Rod Woodson. All right, that's right now. Um, let's go.
3: By the way, he just said, I talked to a bunch of wide receivers, and they always say Rod Woodson. This kid's 11, but continuing on.
7: Defensive end. Um, are we counting Lawrence Taylor as a DN or outside linebacker?
6: Outside linebacker.
7: Uh, okay, then I will go with Reggie White.
6: Uh, Michael Strahan.
7: Great pick, great pick.
6: All right. Other defensive end.
7: Um, I'm trying to think of a current guy that I can go with. I'm, I'm taking Von Miller and I'm putting him at DN. I don't know, to tell you.
6: I'm taking Max Crosby. Man, I hate playing
7: that guy. I hate <laughs> playing that guy, so I understand. All
6: right, defensive tackle.
7: D- Vince Wilfork.
6: Okay, mm-hmm. Um, give me Warren Sapp.
7: Great pick. Um, and then other T tackle. Um, let me go with Aaron Donald.
6: Oh, okay. Um, that's hard. You you, you 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 He can't take my picks because I had, I was ready, and then I, I was thinking, dang.
7: Who we got? Yeah, I mean, you're testing my knowledge right now in football. I know that.
6: I was going to pick Chris Jones because he's on take the Chiefs, but I What's can't. You, know,
7: you, you can take him. I just can't
6: take him. Nice it's for both of us, so the rules are fair. Um, <laughs> Give me Cameron Hayward.
7: Cam Hayward, great pick. Great pick, man. All
3: right. and then... Now, this dude, this little kid is 11. Uh, first of all, and he's not going off script. He doesn't he's not reading anything. All this is off the cuff. So color me impressed. This Jeremiah kid that's 11 years old talking to Patrick Mahomes, not star struck or stuttering around anything like that. So uh kudos to that kid in the NFL Network uh, for as many worthless interviews as there are uh on media day ahead of the Super Bowl. That was refreshing. I liked it. On the other hand, Jack, we also saw uh, our very own Kadarius Tony get interviewed last night. Can you fire up that audio from us, and uh, we'll try to make heads or tails of what he was talking about?
8: With the dynamic wide receiver for the Kansas City oh, Chiefs, Kadarius Tony. First of all, Kadarius, congratulations, big dog! You got a new young life in this world, man. How does that make you feel? I'm just blessed, man. I'm blessed. I want to out the field right now. I know that. Well, let me let me ask you this. You know, there's been a lot of talk. Obviously, okay. first of all, Great. are you healthy? Yeah, okay. I'm good. Second of all, you know, I got to keep it funky with you, dog. You know what I'm saying? You went live. You know what I'm saying? What was the point of that? You know what I mean? Was that you trying to get your your version of the events out? Just kind of talk us through that process. Yeah, it, yeah, it kind of started that, but I, at, in the process of that, I get interrupted, so it got like a mixed message behind it, I guess you could say, and then a lot of footage got chopped up in the release, So it made it like I was attacking the one I love the most, like I made in the post that I was saying, I referring to. Uh, I never attacked the Chief, never said anything about the Chiefs so who I was referring to was the Giant fans, the people that, in my comment, you know what I'm saying, my comment box, not even on my live recording, so you wouldn't even know if they were there. But I was referring to them, which I shouldn't have. I, I just wanted to go out there. I feel like, how you say, get my message across as far as my injury. But I shouldn't have did that at the end of the day. Uh, I'm a That's man. At the end of the day, I, could, uh, I can accept my mistakes just like I accept my wins. you know. But um, really cool, right? I'm just moving past it right now. You know, We're here now. We're just trying to you know win. So, <laughs> You're number one receiver in this league? Yeah, if I get it, yeah. If I get the ball, yeah.
2: <laughs>
8: you gotta love it, man. Gotta love it. You know I had to ask, man. Last one, and then I'll let you go. What would it mean to leave this game a world champion? It me everything to me.
3: Jack, <clears throat> what was more ridiculous, the question about him being a number one or the answer about him being a number one?
4: Probably the answer, um, because at one point, right in the preseason, we were asking questions about him being a number one wide receiver. So I don't think you know Michael Robinson had a bad question at all. Like that, it's not like he's asking Justin Watson that question. Yeah, (laughs) okay. It's a guy that actually did have number one wide receiver expectations. So I feel like I got to side with the answer on this one.
3: All right, fine. So there's two bits of audio from the opening session of. Super Bowl week, we'll have plenty more audio coming your way all week long from Radio Row as Pat is there, and he is mere moments away from talking to you from Las Vegas from 2 to 4 with the pulse ahead of the Super Bowl and on Super Bowl
0: Radio Row.
3: In the meantime, it's one forty. When we come back, it'll be I'm Old Jack Young. That is next.
0: You're listening to The Shane Dennis Show on ESPN Wichita. What do people with blindness or low vision need to live to the fullest? Just ask them. It's skill development, scientific breakthroughs, knowledge-based jobs, and the same opportunities as everyone else. When you give to Envision, whether it be your time, donations, or your engagement, you make it all possible. That's because at Envision, they don't focus on the disability. They value the ability. They choose not to envision a world without sight, to envision a world where people who are blind or visually impaired are empowered to reach their full potential. Learn more at EnvisionUS.com. Natalia, solid dismount, but that little pause is a deduction.
1: Top tumblers hope to stick the landing with Coach Jasmine. That
0: aerial sequence still needs work. She
1: needs more certified athletic trainers to find her balance. Focus. I'm going to need you for the all-around. Wait, who's spotting the vaults? Indeed can help her hire great people fast. I need Indeed. Indeed you do. We instantly connect you with quality candidates whose resumes on Indeed match your job description. Visit indeed.com slash credit and get $75 towards your first sponsored job. Terms and conditions apply.
0: Love is in the air and Burnell's offers the finest gift for lovers. Hi, it's Nathan from Burnell's Fine Jewelry and Design.
2: Let me tell you, jewelry always surpasses chocolate in sweetness and outlasts flowers by centuries. This year, skip the boring gift and surprise her with a thoughtful diamond ring, pearl earrings, or a gold necklace that will truly make her heart skip a beat. We have romantic gifts for under $500 so you can show the love without breaking the bank. Visit us on the northeast corner of Rockin' Central or
4: shop online at burnells.com because when it comes to love, only the finest will do.
1: First, we decide where we want to go. Then, we need to know the best way to get there. Hi, my name is Adam Barada. I'm the owner of Advantage Gold. We're the highest-rated precious metals firm in the country. We teach people how to own physical gold and silver. That's 800-900-8000. Get the best information, the best process, the best service, the best value. Call Advantage Gold at 800-900-8000. Call 800-900-8000.
8: ESPN Wichita 92.3 FM will be live in Las Vegas to bring you all the sights and sounds of Super Bowl 58. And no one
7: hung their head, and everybody was ready to go, and... Now we're going to the Super Bowl, and like I said, we're not
8: done. Get ready for the Chiefs and 49ers in Super Bowl 58 right here on your hometown radio station, ESPN Wichita 92.3 FM.
4: like a child now, cause every time I see a bubbly face, I get the fingers in a silly place, Jackson. starts in my toes One forty.
3: my nose, chances here, yep, Setting in for Pat here you on IOJY, a smile, stay for a while 19 more minutes and we'll be broadcasting live I'm from Las Vegas, go. good Lord willing. Chance, do you know who this is?
5: I, I'm i not a big, like, gu- this kind of country music. This kind of country music's not really my jam. You know, Toby Keith, definitely. You know, R.I.P. R.I.P. But, uh, like, my go-to when I hear a voice like this or a country song like this is just Kelly Clarkson right away. That's the only one that, like, I have in my head that, like, I remember listening to back when, you know, it was Adolescent Chance. But, uh,
3: Which wasn't that long ago. No, right? not
5: that long ago. I'm talking, like, you know, when we had Sirius XM on the radio. I mean, oh. that long ago. Oh. Um, but, no, I... I The the song's familiar. The artist not really ringing a bell.
3: But I know it's not not. Kelly Clarkson. It's not. (laughs) It's not. And Jack, uh, I wouldn't, wouldn't categorize this gal as a country singer, would you?
4: Not a country singer.
5: Okay. Okay, maybe I have one in my head. And it starts, is it Paramore? No. No, no. The
3: answer is... Colby Calais.
4: There you go.
5: Wow. I would not I would not have picked that
4: one out. My hint was going to be I said her name yesterday.
3: <laughs> I, I was smiling when I heard the first few chords of the song. I Thank you for not uh, giving me the answer
4: two seconds in so we could let yeah. it ride a little bit. <laughs> yeah, that's not,
3: not fun. It's yeah. cute every now and then. but yeah. Though, to be honest, the only times I've ever done it we had no is when time. I knew right away. There the only three times in mm-hmm. the history of the show in Three years that I was like, oh, yeah, I know this one. Well, I guess, except for when we went throwback with my birth month.
4: Yes. knew yes. a <laughs> bunch of those, of course. Which is coming up again in a while. It yeah. always comes <laughs> up. Every <laughs> same time of year, every year, it just does. comes up. rears it its ugly head. Yeah, it's right after. You got to jump on you, surprises you a bit. Right after <laughs>
1: which to open, right
3: around the All Star break. Yep, that's where it is. All right, it is February. Six. Born day today, turning the ripe old age of 27, Colin Morikawa. Golf. Correct.
5: Did he have a pretty good uh, pebble beach this last week? I feel mm-hmm. like he was up there on the leaderboard.
3: You had to ask. Uh, you'd have to define up there. Uh, everybody made the cut, but I don't know that he was in contention. Gotcha. He was within the la- either last tournament or the one before that.
5: I was thinking top twenty is kind of the whereabouts is where he was, but I can't remember exactly. But twenty-seven, I mean, that's pretty good age. He's kind of hitting his prime, I believe, in golf age, if I'm not mistaken.
3: Well, considering he's got a PGA Championship and a British Open, yeah, yeah, pretty right good start. It. Yeah, Pride to Cal Berkeley, I
4: believe you are correct.
3: Turning thirty-nine today. Chris Humphreys,
4: uh, former husband of uh, Kim Kardashian, former Correct. net New Jersey Correct. net
5: Boston Minnesota
3: Golden Minnesota Golden Gopher. Would there he make go. the
5: starting five of the Kardashian five? Like the have you seen all those memes where it's like, would the Kardashian five, the five best guys that the Kardashians have dated, would that starting five you of those guys? You could start Lamar at the title? five
4: and Humphreys at the four.
5: <laughs> I well no, I'd go play Griffin at the four. Oh, I could put Griffin at the three. I got a bigger lineup. Ooh. <laughs> He's going with the yeah, uh, I it depend. I mean, does
4: Reggie
3: Bush play basketball?
5: I'm sure he has from time to time. He could pick up a couple fouls where he could set it. He could set the tone early on.
3: Colin Morikawa, t14. Huh. So you're right. He had a decent showing. Ten, I, was, I remember looking
5: hundred. at live odds and I was kind of
4: like, huh, that's ten. not a bad number for him. T,
3: t14 minus ten.
4: Man, and how about this? When he was married to Kim Kardashian, career years in scoring, averaged almost T- fourteen you know what I mean. for the net. Yeah. Averaged almost 14. <laughs> in fact, he averaged a double-double when he was married. The only time in his career with the Nets. Wow. Are you
3: extrapolating that throughout the whole year or the 77 days that they were actually married?
4: Uh, let's just or say it's the same that year that it's happening. I don't know if okay. he was. But uh, only season of his career as well. He played and started in all 62 games he appeared in.
3: Okay.
0: Good for him. Yep. Yeah.
4: Career high in minutes, and a, 35 and minutes. Apparently again.
3: held it together after they broke up. Yeah, huh? yeah, very much so. Speaking of RIP, Brody Croyle, 41.
4: Former Alabama Crimson Tide <laughs> quarterback and former chief.
3: Correct. Former chief, great. Sean Respert, 52. Basketball. That's right. Michigan State, Milwaukee, Toronto. Kurt Abbott, 55.
4: Not to be confused with Jim Abbott, but Kurt Abbott was also a baseball player. Also
3: a baseball player, correct. Tom Tupa, 58.
4: Uh, football punter.
3: Why did you know that,
4: Tom Tupa? There's not many guys with a name like that.
3: Oh, okay. yeah, we had
5: uh, we had back-to-back days with punters.
3: Okay. Chance Tom Tupa um, made a bit of history. Do you have any idea what it is? It doesn't have anything to do with punting.
5: Does it have anything to do with football? Yes, it does. Was he the first punter to score a touchdown?
3: Not a bad guess. He converted the first two-point conversion. Really? Once it was allowed. Yes. Wow. Tom Tupa.
5: That's that is weird to think that there used to not be a two point conversion. Couldn't go for two. Yeah.
3: Up until whenever.
5: Do you think that uh do you think that they're on the way to changing the onside kick to one of those uh, fourth down and twenty kinda of to go off topic here, uh, but it's kinda of similar.
3: Yeah, I I don't hate that idea. I remember thinking, well, since we've totally broken down the this is the way it used to be and this is the way it is now, yeah. and we can't change. We can't be flexible. Yeah. I would say no, that it won't happen. That you won't have the opportunity to convert a fourth and 15 or a fourth and 20, although mm-hmm. the idea is great. Yeah, I think, I think, think that
5: would make football so much more exciting, especially since the onside kick is pretty much 95% now. I was just
3: getting ready to say it's, what, 3 or 4%? And maybe even lower than that this year. I
5: yeah, this year when they changed the kickoff rules to where you can't get the running start, it's definitely altered the odds.
3: Same number of dudes on both sides of the mm-hmm. kicker, too. That doesn't help. Although it was a car crash when you allowed <sighs> 10 guys to come over.
5: <laughs> Give him a head start. Yeah, Aim too. for that guy.
3: Mm-hmm. Born on this day, now dead. Dale Long would have been 98. Baseball? Yes. Give me anything else? Or was that just a lucky guess?
4: Um, it just sounded like a baseball name, to be honest with you.
3: Homer did eight consecutive games. <laughs> MLB record.
4: Dale Longball. Pirates. As they would Dale, call him.
3: Aptly named Dale Long. He's born in Springfield, Missouri. Died in 1991. Uh, born on the state, now dead. Nickname if you need it george ruth
4: george herman ruth babe correct. we also just had babe correct. not too long ago and and some either trivia question or yeah it was uh last week maybe the first oh, hall of hall famers fame? inducted that's yeah
3: that's right yeah 95 happy birthday hall of babe fame. that's right would have been 129 if he hadn't checked out in 1948
4: played by john
5: goodman
3: correct Twelve time home run leader.
5: Speaking of John Goodman, I keep seeing clips of uh Trouble with the Curve on my TikTok page. One of the worst baseball movies, I think, is is literally the anti-money ball. Who
3: was talking about that? Jack, did you and I talk about that?
5: Uh, it's that definitely not else? one of my Four, favorites, but I've seen Like a Twitter
3: worse. question. Worst baseball movies? Yeah. John Goodman, why did you bring that up, Chances He's is in, the in the movie. It?
4: He's yeah, in he's in A's, the movie. One of the scouts.
3: Really? hmm mm-hmm. So you got. Amy Adams, JT, Clint, Clint Eastwood. Eastwood, and him? Yeah. In this crappy baseball
5: movie? I feel like baseball the, movie? The, Oh, who's the the superstar that I he feel like he's a not well known? He's in actor, that, but he's, he's been in a lot of He's in that
4: terrible stuff. football movie when the game stands tall? Yes,
5: that's what he's in. That's yeah. what The yeah, left handed
3: pitcher they're scouting? Is that
5: no, what you're talking no, about? No, he's oh, a Bo ho Oh. Yeah. Okay. Couldn't hit the curve. Hands drifted. Yep. You could hear it. Yep. Also, like Just I know the, they like,
3: Clint's not a very believable scout. I'm no. Sorry, he's a good well, actor, but
5: it's the anti Moneyball. Yeah, yeah, they
4: really took a <laughs> shot at analytics and in that movie. But I've yeah. also said, and I mean, if you go
5: ahead, go ahead. I was gonna say, if you take away, if you like look at it from a perspective like a far out perspective, you know, a scout that cannot see is going to convince <laughs> a Major League Baseball department to not draft the kid that's consensus one-one. That's some royal stuff right there.
3: But you know why? We should believe him. He heard it. got a cigar.
5: Yeah, that's
4: true. Yeah. So if he's got a cigar, then. Mm, yeah. Also, I just, I know they got to dumb it down for, for baseball movies for a lot of people, but if there was mm-hmm. a prospect out there going top five, and he couldn't hit a high school curveball, he would not be going top five. He'd still be hitting 500 with and, like, could hit a 75-mile-an-hour curveball.
3: exaggerated movie.
4: I'm like, you're telling me yeah. a top two pick is going to struggle with the curveball in high school? Like, and ain't getting picked there.
5: Yeah, peanut boys coming in and throwing They just can barely
3: the- throw curveballs that curve yeah. in high school. Exactly. So it was that— it was Trouble with Curve. This is a, another friend of mine now that I'm talking about it out with you two guys. It wasn't either one of you two. It was Trouble with Curve, The Scout, yeah. Rookie of the Year, Ugh. and pff, I'll put Angels in the Outfield there. That's, That's an awful movie, movie too. Movies. I movies?
5: Rush Mount Rushmore of a bad baseball movies? Uh-huh. Uh, my deal, family, man. my dad loves The Natural, but we, uh, my mom and brother and I, we don't love it. Average I don't think it's, at best. Yeah, I don't think it's great. Um, but yeah, that one's definitely up there. Haven't seen Angels in the Outfield. Rookie of the Year. I mean, like it's a good kids movie. I mean, like it, it would be good for like you know. It has
3: a million big leaguers in oh that
5: movie. Oh my gosh! Yeah, and I feel like it's a good movie for someone who's like seven, eight years old and doesn't know much about baseball, just to you know like introduce them. It's it's. Not a terrible movie, but like I'm not going to watch uh, it. I'm not no. going to seek it out. It's terrible. terrible yeah, it's terrible. Stupid, poorly inter- acted, not, us, not funny. You would think Jim Carrey ice. was in it. You would think oh, Jim Carrey was God. in it. How much Jack hates <laughs> Just
4: <laughs> insufferable. <laughs> insufferable movie. I've never hated a sports movie more than that one. Mm. I've seen some pretty bad sports movies. That one is just... Oh, so cheesy and awful. And you know what? I hate the fact that I love American Pie and Henry Rowan Gardner's in American Pie as a grown-up. Oh, my
3: <laughs> God. I was today years old hey, when he, I just he got He bounced back.
4: He bounced back well, but holy hell, that movie sucks.
3: He landed on his feet. Yeah. All right. What? Uh, Dead Day, Ralph Kiner.
4: I also had the wrong <laughs> Yeah,
3: that's music. The Pulse with Pat yeah, 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 yeah. That's I'm, coming up next. Yeah, there we go. That's
4: coming <laughs> up next. You'll get there. All right, um,
3: fine. I'll give you a mulligan.
4: Yeah, um, now I'm all frazzled. But uh, what That's did you say, right. Ralph Kiner, as De- you said? Yeah, baseball.
3: Yeah. How about Arthur Ashe? Uh, tennis. Also RIP on this day. Yeah, tennis. All right, there you go. There's your show. So the much-anticipated, highly-awaited uh, debut of Pat Strothman of the Pulse from Las Vegas. Can't wait to hear from him. All you need to do is stick around for six more minutes, and you can hear it, too. For Chance and Jack, I'm Shane. Thanks for listening. The Pulse, coming up next.
8: Wichita's new sports leader, ESPN Wichita, 92.3 FM, KKGQ, Newton.